0: hello healthy people and welcome to episode 10 of the healthy people's club podcast um, i'm your host today sarah uh, you're usually used to having two hosts hostesses on here um, but today we have a super special guest uh, our special guest is the one and only my bestie my partner in health celeste gardner
1: welcome celeste hello thank you oh gosh it feels strange being at the other <laughs> at the other side i'm nervous we've done, we've done a little role reversal from when that first one we did oh my gosh yeah i know and and then like we hadn't even discussed you um hosting with me we hadn't you um, haven't you hadn't proposed to me yet no but i'm yeah. so glad i did oh, i'm so glad
0: you did that feels like ages ago now it does it, it does, does. Um, But yes, welcome Celeste, it is absolutely wonderful to have you on the other side as the guest. Um, We are going to be having a wonderful kind of deep dive into the life of Celeste and um, we're going to be discussing habits. Um, We're going to be discussing habits and how they support and cultivate our lives and also our aspirations as well. So we're hoping this is going to be super helpful for people. I'm sure it is. And um the great thing is I mean I've been to one of Celeste's um original seminars or workshops uh, on healthy habits amongst other things and it, I learned so much honestly. So I am really excited to rock and roll with this podcast.
1: Oh <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Honestly like I I don't know if obviously if people could see my face now they would literally see the nerves. <laughs> <laughs> She's but, yeah, I hope that it's I hope that it's useful um and I'm also excited to talk about it because it has been a while since I um delivered any of the the seminars and so yeah it would be nice to sort of revisit that information and the research I did to prepare for them absolutely and I'm sure now we've kind of all the time and water under the bridge
0: uh since the seminars you've probably got more more kind of tools in your toolbox and more stuff to talk about and um enlighten us with
1: yeah hopefully.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. All right. Shall we shall we get going? Let's do it. Are you ready for this? I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> trying to scare her before we've even started. All right. So um where I'd really like to start is obviously to just find out a little bit more about Celeste Gardner, who you are, and maybe as well kind of your life, your and your career so far.
1: Um yeah, sure. So um as most of you know. I currently work as a school teacher. Um, I teach physical health education at the moment for an IB school, so that's in the international sector. And I suppose where my journey began really, um, when I was younger, I loved sport, as most of you probably know, I lived and breathed football. Um, And so, yeah, played for a number of clubs, probably my only claim to fame really is playing for Manchester city for a little bit. Um, and so when I went off to college, I was really just wanting to move, play football. And so studied sports science. Um, after that, I, um, actually took a bit of like a, not a year, just a few months. And I went to Ghana in Africa on um, a project called platform Two, which was really transformational, like completely life changing. And there, um, yeah, I worked to um, teach maths, English and science in a community and also um, built a community centre. So I think like that experience in particular sort of gave me a real eye opening experience of just culture and society and basically how other people live. Um, along with the fact that like I knew that I had a really special connection with working with young people. Um, and I absolutely love that. And then when I got back, I um went oh actually, so when I got back, then I was like, I don't know what to do now. Like I had like quite good grades from college, but I didn't know I had no idea. I was adamant, I was like, I'm not going to university, don't want to. Um worked in a call center for like two days. And I was just <laughs> like, I I can't do this. This is I'm not very good at it. I <laughs> Like you know, there was this like pressure to get these sales, and I was just like, no, it's not me. I'm too honest. I'm like, I want to ring people and be like, don't buy this. <laughs> so um, I called university through Clearing and just explained like, here are my interests and this is what I like. Um, and so managed to get a place. Studied um, physical education, sports pedagogy, sports science and absolutely loved loved university but whilst i was at university really like that's where sort of my health um journey began in that um i also had trained as a personal trainer and i was teaching a lot of classes so that very sort of typical sort of bums legs and tums and spinning Mm -hmm. um aerobics um so yeah spent a lot of time well, I probably say would more of my time, if I'm honest, actually working in the fitness industry than I probably did at uni um, until my last year. Um, again, which was really cool. Um, and just a reminder that, you know, I loved the health and fitness space. I was always someone looking to learn and delivering lots of seminars, um, some of which I don't really agree with now, but you know, you have to go through that journey. Um, a seminar like female fat loss seminar and yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, lots of that sort of things. And then after after university, I went straight on and did my PGCE um, in physical education, and then taught physical education initially in my first state school, followed by um, sports science and a bit more PE in Peru, and now I'm teaching physical health education, which is really cool actually because it's sort of that hybrid between the science and the traditional PE. So a lot of what I teach at the moment is you know holistic movement um the importance of sleep mindful nutrition um a little bit of like economics uh, yeah and well in my eyes it's the the important bits of school life really what what we need to know and that's i think why i've always sort of had that question at the end of the podcast as to what do you know now that you wish you knew when you when that you wish you were taught at school because i think that's um Something I kind of get to do, and that I get to create my own curriculum, um, which is very holistic and, and health focused. So, yeah, that was probably quite long. Sorry. But that's okay. kind of it. And that leads me to where I am today, where I'm kind of um, at this stage where it's amazing. I work with young people and I feel so privileged, like so, so, so privileged to be in this space where I can really impact people's lives. Um, and But also like it's a space that's quite difficult in that young people are surrounded by lots of adults and other people that have a real impact on their lives as well. Uh, And we know that like we are like a product of our environments and so I'm now sort of along with you, you know, trying to support. Um, the holistic wholesome health of adults as well or of everybody Mm -hmm. so that we can sort of bridge those gaps because the gap between what I'm trying to educate young people and the knowledge of adults at the moment maybe because the education system has changed uh, which it definitely has um, means that yeah I think there's some work there to 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 bridge the gap yeah.
0: Thank you I couldn't agree more Uh, it's stuff that we've talked about a lot and when we think of you know kind of p lessons in state schools there's so much so much that um that kind of would be amazing if we could do um, and yeah from from my point of view what you do at the moment especially when you talk about kind of teaching health holistically and the importance of not just movement but sleep and nutrition and everything it's yep, yeah, it's exactly exactly what uh kind of we i wish went on in all schools and if we could have a celeste in every school that would be ideal Um, But thank you, darling, because that gave us a real insight into you and also it gave us um, a great insight into what brought you to exactly where you are today. Um, I would like to ask you, my next question is, um, I would love you to describe just a day in the life of Celeste at work. So how would a typical day go? What does that look like?
1: Um, So a day at work, I'll be there. Depends, really, from eight o'clock, I would say. a lot of teachers get there earlier, luckily, not at my school, but, um, yeah, I arrived at about eight, it's coffee time. It's just triple checking lesson plans are all in place, scan over kind of what, um, I'm going to be teaching, um, that day. Um, I've often done that the night before as well, but it's always nice. Yeah. Just have a fresh glance over it in the morning. Um followed by, I, my, most of my lessons are in the morning, which is great for the students because I'm definitely a morning person. <laughs> so so they get me like full of beans and I'm like, you know, super energetic. <laughs> um, I usually teach right through in the, in the morning with very, very, very little breaks. And then my afternoons are generally filled with meetings. Um, yeah, meetings, planning, organizing, emailing a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot of people whether it's to do with like internal uh members of staff or like external members of staff as well um it's kind of funny teaching and that like you don't you do have like free time but the free time is ne- never feels like it's actually there because there's just what well, I think like in any job really like there's always so much to do mm-hmm. um and then at the end of the day it really depends on what's going on so Last week, I was really lucky in that I took a group of students like to uh, fitness um, to do like a bit of a weightlifting workshop, which was brilliant. Um, but not every evening will look like that. And then some mornings I'll do like early morning activities. So I'll do um, I've got a student run club. So a group of us meet at 7.30 to go for a run. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like what my day looks like in work it's 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 really hard as well i think again other teachers might resonate with this is that no days actually the same so you know in a in some jobs you kind of know like all right this is this is what's happening this month we can schedule for it we can plan for it but like you've got to be um quite responsive to like what's happening maybe at the moment so you know sometimes we might have to address a a worldwide topic um sometimes you know we the energy's just lower We're a little bit lethargic and so it's kind of always adapting to the situation and then sometimes you know in the, in the afternoon you think you're free and then all of a sudden either i don't know you've got cover or um something happened in your class in the morning and you've got to deal with it and you've got to respond to that so it's really it's a really hard one to describe but hopefully yeah that kind of gives a little bit of a summary it really does and it's really brought me wonderfully round to
0: the next kind of topics I want to jump into with this. As you said, your day-to-day is juggling some lessons, we've got meetings, we've got clubs, we've probably got parents, students, other teachers. That's a lot going on the typical day, and that's just work. That's not outside of it. that's not, you know, your life outside as well. So if you put that all that together, um, I feel like, you know, there's gonna be days where you might get a bit stressed. There could be stressful days, right? And I'd love to know, how do you manage those days? Or how do you manage to kind of protect your energy so that you are good to go that afternoon or the next day? So yeah, how would you kind of manage those stressful days so you've got enough energy and uh, you can be the best person that you can be to deal with life and work?
1: Yeah, good question. Um, I think first of all, just recognizing that like, you are going to have stressful days and that's okay. I think quite often, you know, we're like, we have one stressful day and we think it's like, oh, you know, can't have days like this. It's just not okay. Like actually, you know, life can be stressful sometimes. So just being aware that things will happen. The other thing that I sometimes say to myself is like, okay, will this matter in five years time? And then sort of try to figure out like, okay, what level of importance actually is this? Because quite often in the moment, it seems like you know, something that's quite tragic, but then when you sort of take a step back and you analyze the situation, the importance, you know, it actually might not be something that um, is that stressful. So, so yeah, that that's one thing I will do. And then another question I sometimes ask myself is like, if I make this decision, so if I deal with this or if I do this now, how will I feel in the morning? So I try to like respond to anything that I think might impact the next day, soonest um and purely because obviously like i don't want to take that sort of stress home with me um and then be worrying about it so so that there are like a couple of questions that i sort of ask myself um and then i think like this is the most important thing is just remembering that you are a real human so like yes i'm a teacher and yes like we're quite stressed or we might be sometimes but um we're human and we do actually also just need to have lots of tools in place to, to manage those stresses. One of the things that I do is when I journal in the morning, I've got my little journal inside the side of me now, I always have two columns and one of them is is often like a work column and I try to, so. and the reason I do that is because I want to separate like work and life. So this morning, for example, I literally got my pad here, I'll read it to you. So this morning on the left-hand side, which is like personal life, me, what makes me feel good. I've got train, go for a walk, uh, read two pages of my book. So all things that like I know that are like very achievable. And then the other side is like, I obviously woke up and I was like, oh, I must email Faye. And so I've put like email Faye regarding the service projects. And then I've got like a little task to like update some slides. And so that's what I always have with me. So I have a paper copy and always also like um, will have it on my um, computer as well. So just, yeah, having having things written down as well can be really helpful. And then the other thing that I always implement, sorry, I don't know if I'm rambling a bit, um, yeah, is I, time, I, always, I always think bide myself some time. So I do that by, I always know that I'm going to respond to something better once I've like had a walk or got some fresh air. So, um, and anyone who listens to this from work will know as well, quite often I, I go out of the building at lunchtime And it's purely because I just need to, like, take myself away from the environment, take some big, deep breaths, Um, quite often we will do like sort of like a mindful movement where I'm just really focused. I might put on like a guided walking meditation and even if it's 10 minutes just to get that fresh air and then I can sort of reevaluate anything that's going on when I get back to work and I generally will respond better.
0: I absolutely love all of those. It's one of the things that I can completely agree on, especially getting that kind of walk-in at lunchtime. It's something I always suggest to friends, family, loved ones, clients, but especially if you work, you know, inside the building, is even if it's just for 10 minutes, getting outside, clearing the head, and then you do feel like you can cope really well with the rest of the day.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, like, you know, we're so attached to, like – our phones and email and um, our sort of yeah devices at the moment that we can quite often think that like responding to things immediately, like needs to happen immediately. But the truth is, is like most people will be fine if you don't respond immediately. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even have a notice on the bottom of my email to kind of say to people like you, you don't need to reply to me straight away. Like if it's urgent, like I'll let you know in the subjects like this is urgent, please can you respond? But like generally, it it feels to you like it's a burden and you've got to reply but but actually you don't you you have time at least time to go and get yourself a walk and go for a walk and get some fresh air
0: and i do think as well along with that your reply is probably going to be better thought out and mm-hmm. less spare at the moment uh when i was a little bit younger when um a lot of my friends were dating and uh, they'd message me and say oh god you know so and so's just messaged me I'm, I'm gonna I'm quickly gonna message him back I actually always used to say especially if it was a kind of important conversation I'd be like, just give it five ten minutes have yeah. a think about what you want to reply I know this is completely off dirt, but you know rather than just firing away an answer and it always they always came back saying god that worked a lot better like I yeah. just took time to think about it rather than just that sudden emotional reply so actually, we can we can do that with work as well, because I feel like with sometimes that's how you get in the pickle. It, what sometimes at work when you're just you're on emotional, you're just firing off emails. <clears throat> and sometimes, you know, it's getting all getting very confusing. So just taking, stepping away, taking that time to think about how you want to reply. And also, you know, in what tone you want to reply. and like, How is a person going to read this and how are they going to? So, yeah, totally agree with that.
1: Yeah, I sometimes say to the kids, it's like, did you respond or did you react? Oh, yeah, respond to react. Brilliant. Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, Miss, I think I might have reacted in that situation. I'm like, if you had more time, how would have you responded better? And then like, yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, really. I I, I often think when I chat to Celeste about the way um, in which she talks to her students and those conversations, I might like, we need to bring this into adult life. <laughs> this is good stuff right here. <laughs> I think as adults we could learn a lot from the conversations that happen in schools actually. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, for
1: sure.
0: All right. So um we talked um a bit around kind of what you do in the morning um, and kind of how your yeah, how your morning looks and, and kind of how that helps you kind of set up your day and um deal with your day as best you can. Now, that's going to bring us nicely on to habits. I mean, we've discussed habits quite a bit. You've done, you know, amazing, those amazing workshops on them. So I'd love to ask you, what is a habit, Celeste?
1: Um, So I've looked at a few different um definitions from various books. So the obvious, like your James Clear, Atomic Habits, um, The Power of Habit by Charles Dewey, I think that's how I pronounce his name. Um, I think the one from Charles's book is probably my favorite. So a habit is, simply put, a habit is a behavior that starts as a choice and then becomes a nearly unconscious pattern.
0: And I love
1: that. I really like that. Because it's also coming back to the idea that we do actually have a choice in the first place. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's good to, to remind ourselves. Or most of the time we have a choice.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, I. Feel that that's hugely important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. So I'm going to go on to, so do you have any daily habits or rituals uh, which help you manage your day and, and your energy? I know we went into a few things you do in the morning just then, but could you go a little bit deeper into a few more things that you have in place, a few more, you know, tools that you have in place, habits that you've, uh, you've
1: kind of cemented? that really, really help you tackle life. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's a few things I that I that I do that yeah, I don't particularly need to think about anymore, but at, at one point I did. Um and I think generally like my my morning ritual is probably the one that's sort of most solid in that I have literally an order in which I do things in the morning to the point of like where I walk when I literally wake up. So I wake up, the first things I do is like I open my blinds because I really like the idea of like getting natural light in as soon as possible, especially at the minute when it's like getting light quite early. Um, I'll put on the kettle because I know that I'm going to need coffee pretty soon after waking. Whilst kettles boiling, um, that's when I will uh, do my journaling. So I try to do that like before I'm like completely caffeinated. <laughs> So I'll do my journaling. Um, and then once I've done my journaling, usually like 10, 50 minutes, I usually put on some music as well whilst I'm doing that. Um, I'll then make my, brew my coffee while I brew my coffee. I'll make some hot water and lemon. There's not much evidence to suggest that there's anything beneficial, but whatever, placebo and I quite, I'm all for it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, know. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I just have, it just makes me feel better. Yeah. It makes me feel better about having a coffee straight away. So yeah, I have that, take my, supplements so I won't go into what they are but um yep take my supplements and then by that point then I'll um come back into the lounge and I will read a couple of pages of my book so I, I don't put too much pressure on the reading because it's not something that comes like really naturally to me so I literally just read one one or two pages and I try to have something that's quite an easy read so at the minute I've got a Matt Hague's The Comfort Book and it's great because like It's kind of, yeah, the the chapters are really short so I can just read two pages and then I've like completed the Mm -hmm. chapter. It's great. Makes me feel good. Um, And then, yeah, then I get started with my day. And um, there is like other there there is one other thing that I've been trying to implement more recently. And that's that's my breath work practice. Um, That's something I'm still working on. So I wouldn't say it's like completely into my ritual yet, but it will be soon.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's awesome. I, I'm going to jump in because I'm somebody that has a bit of a different schedule to, say, Celeste. So when some of my clients are at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. I am up, and a few people might relate to this, and I feel like this would be good if you people kind of putting their hands up and saying, hang on a minute, but, you know, I don't start, you know, I start work at 5, 6 a.m. Um, so I'm one of those people that do start sometimes at 6. So it's a little bit hard for me to fit that much in before yeah. that. But the few things i do do is i do set my alarm a little bit earlier than probably some people would i hate rushing i yeah. can't stand it it ruins it ruins my morning sometimes it ruins my whole day um it i just know it makes me feel really naff so i do set my alarm a little bit earlier about you know 15 20 minutes and then my routine is it's fairly similar <laughs> to celeste of course it is um i try to get you know that small something done while the kettle boils you know while I'll be doing, you know, whatever that is, is—the journaling or, you know, a a stretch often I do because I have to get straight on my bike and cycle. So I know if I have a little stretch in that time, I feel good. Um, But yeah, just for people that do get up um, super early, do set your alarm maybe that little bit earlier, 15, 20 minutes. Then you can fit um, a few more of those, you know, really helpful habits or rituals in like Celeste was just talking about. And exactly as she said, there might be that, you know, how long does the, the kettle take to boil, even if it's, like, five to six minutes, yeah. right? That's a great time, like, you do, to fit something in, like, the journaling. I absolutely love that. So, yeah, just for anyone who's, like, I don't have much time, you know, mm-hmm. just to go back to what Celeste said, she's fitting in those really helpful habits, but she's fitting them in in sm- just small amounts of time.
1: Yeah. And also just... um Just also remembering that you don't have to do all of those things. Like if I'm honest, it probably sounds like it takes me a lot longer. Mm -hmm. All of that takes me less than 20 minutes. Yeah. But again, like, you know, I will generally train in the morning. Just I like training in the morning, not for any other other reason, but it just is when I feel the best. So just sort of tune in with yourself. Like what what if you could choose one thing to do in the morning that you know would have a positive impact on the rest of your day, then maybe you just start with that. Mm -hmm. But um certainly I like what you said there about actually prioritizing that time um you know it doesn't matter if you're not a morning person actually if you can just win one thing in the morning like you're generally Mm -hmm. going to be feeling better um and ready to sort of take on what the day what the day holds in store for you
0: so much so even if that's um if you usually take the bus to work could you walk some of the way and listen to a podcast or um, sometimes that, you know, some people get up straight away in the morning and they go straight on their phones for 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, I think it's just saying to yourself, that 10 minutes of scrolling Instagram, how do I feel after? Give yourself yeah. you know, take that moment to think, how do I feel? Did it make me feel empowered? Did it make me feel really ready to start the day? Did it make me feel uh, mentally really well? Or did it maybe have, you know, some opposite effects? And yeah. could I do something else apart from scrolling Instagram? Have a scroll later in the day if you want. But as soon as you wake up, could there be um, something else that might kind of make your morning, make your day, you know, happier, healthier, you know, a yeah. better start?
1: Mm. A really good tool, actually, um, is you can actually use a habit tracker. Um and the way I've done this before is I like a Excel sheet or mm-hmm. sheets, whatever you want to use. But it basically, it's a bit of a pain initially in that you do have to like write down everything you do. But just try to um, identify everything that you do with your time in the day. So you could literally put hour by, by hour at the side and then just for one day, just fill it in and then try to identify like, is that habit um, positive, negative or neutral? So, you know, brushing my teeth, probably positive, you know, or or neutral, whichever, however you look at it. I quite <laughs> like it, but maybe positive. Um, and then it could be like, you know, scrolling if it's 7 a.m. and like you say, it's scrolling social media. Well, maybe that's negative for you. I don't know. Maybe it's positive. Maybe you're looking at things that really ignite your fire, like uh, whatever that is. And then, you know, if you get to the evening and then you're like identifying that, okay, the habit that I have right before bed is like eat immediately, you know, is that having a positive, negative, or neutral impact? Well, it might be that it's having a negative impact because then it 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 could correlate with then you're not sleeping well. And so having that habit tracker can be so important just to help you sort of identify like what changes that you might want to make. Um, So yeah, for anyone who's sort of like not sure where to start with habits, I think, well, it it begins with awareness. So knowing like what you actually do. Mm -hmm. um make yourself a bit accountable because it's quite easy to be like oh yeah well i do this and this is great and it's like you know i do it sometimes one of the things i a terrible habit is that sometimes i'll look at my phone before bed Mm -hmm. and it's like i could just ignore that i do that but if i've got to write it down on this tracker then i'm probably going to identify that that's that's not going to be great for my sleep Mm -hmm. it would be negative on that tracker and then choose things to to work on
0: yeah and uh and, and that's what it's about it's about yeah, kind of recognising, acknowledging. I'm the same with, I I know I did track my use on my phone in the evenings, and then I started turning my phone off in the evenings. The difference was amazing. The difference in my sleep was amazing. And even then, that had a knock-on effect on how I woke up. So mm-hmm. I now know if I can get that phone off in the evening, I'm not on it. Definitely, you know, for me, that's an absolute winner. Better sleep, better recovery, everything. Big, yeah. big difference. But, yeah. um, so how would uh, if you were having a chat with somebody who's sitting down having, you know, a bit of a consultation with somebody, say, um, on their habits, um, how would you kind of what would you say to them? How could they make habits stick? And they might ask the question, because I've been asked this question before. How long will it take? You know, I want habit to stick. I've, I've had this idea, that I, I know this will be really good for me. For example, I'm, I'm going to get up in the morning every morning and I'm, I'm going to go for ai am going to do some exercise or some movement.
1: Yeah. how long might that take to stick and how will I make that stick yeah um well the very typical traditional health coach answer is it depends um which is true it depends on a few things it depends on one what the goal is um two like how much that person actually wants to achieve that um I want to say yeah the, the habit I'm not going to say use the term goal um but then also like how good the systems are So I think rather than focusing on like um, the goal, which is very much like win or lose, actually focusing on, okay, um, what are the systems that are in place? And I think, you know, in terms of how long it will take, I think it will generally come down to how good those systems are. So when I'm talking about systems, it's like, how do you make that habit um, achievable, Um, and there are there are a number of different tools that you can use to make that habit easier um, uh, make it sort of um, part of what you do or do on a daily basis so I could maybe um, run through some of those some of the sort of top tools yeah that'd be fantastic yeah Yeah. let's do it Um, so I'll start with one that I think is probably yeah probably one of the most important and it's one that I've found very successful with people that I've ever worked with or um, with myself is habit stacking so habit stacking is basically whereby you attach a new habit to a habit that already exists so um, I'll give you an example for myself but something that I um, do quite religiously in the morning is journal um, that's something that's already sticks. Like I don't really, ha- I don't, I don't really have to think about that too much. One thing that I've really wanted to um, increase is the amount of reading that I do, um, and that's why I've added the just read two pages after my journaling. So it just is, yeah, habit stacking. So you just um, layer up what you want to do because quite often things like have a layering sort of knock on effects. So you might find people who are like, oh, I. Um, I went to the gym that day and then I just felt better because I and I ate really healthy. It's like there's sometimes these habits that do have, um, yeah, a knock on effect on each other. And so habit stacking is one of my, my favorite sort of go-to tools. Um, the other one is design like your environment to support what you're trying to achieve. So if I'm trying to, um, I don't know, um, drink more water, then, Make sure more water's available. Buy a really big flask that's got like you know five liters or whatever it is, you know, and just make sure that it's more accessible to you. Don't be not having a, a water bottle with you that then you know you just can't even fill any fill any water um, into your bottle. It's about making it easier, and I think that also goes for like if you want to do something less. So um, this is this is a funny one again something that I I've done. So I have I live in a studio flat. So the design of the layout of my room is quite important. Now I never watch TV really. I don't I don't really enjoy it that much. Um but I'd found myself like the the bed like from my bed I could just see the TV. And I was like, I don't like this. So I re I changed the layout of my whole uh, studio to make sure that there was absolutely no way, like I don't really enjoy TV anyway. So the last thing I'm gonna be doing is putting it on when I get into bed. So um yeah, making sure that like your environment matches what you're trying to achieve. Um so yeah, another one, um somebody uh this is what someone that somebody else did actually, but they one of their goals was to try and um read more books. But they had their, their like main chair in their in their house facing the TV. So they moved the chair facing a different direction and put it, put lots of like, you know, nice books around it and like a little notepad to make that more that environment like more welcoming for that sort of um that habit to exist. So yeah, there, there's two. So have it stack in, design the environment, um, make it attractive, like you've got to want to do it, right? So you've got to think about sort of that, like dopamine effect. So when you do something that re- that makes you release dopamine, um, you will be more excited and motivated to do it. So trying to find a way to make what you're trying to achieve more enjoyable. And that also might be like, how you actually um, talk to yourself about that situation. So if it is, I'll come back to the water, like, your goal is to drink more water. It's like having that conversation, like that's going to make me feel really good. And I feel hydrated all day. My skin's going to be glowing and telling yourself that story, which will actually align with um, positivity of of actually achieving it. Good self-talk. We like that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then there's probably one more, which I think would be the last one that I should maybe mention, but find your tribe, like find a group or find something to attach to, where your desired habit is already the social norm. So you know, CrossFit is probably a really good example. But people sort of give CrossFit in some ways like a bad mate name. They might, like, oh, it's a bit culty. It's people cheering for each other, and it's a little bit cringe, and everyone's wearing knee sleeves. And it's like, Do you know what? That's actually awesome. And if you, if your habit is to try and exercise more then go and hang around with people who already exercise loads and they love it and they will inspire you and encourage you and be your biggest cheerleader. Exactly. Um, and so I think, yeah, finding finding your tribe where where the habit that you want is already the social norm. Again, one that like I've, I've seen work a lot um, yeah. and maybe one of my favourite ones as well because habits... Um, habits are obviously very individual and that we're all working towards our own um our own maybe um desire but if you can get support from other people I think the power of community is something that um maybe we don't recognize enough and when you can get community to support your habits and your behaviors then then yeah you're in for a win.
0: Absolutely I mean you I've got to preach over here obviously because uh, CrossFit coach and <laughs> amongst other things um but yeah I, I I totally agree, and i I feel like you know don't be put off by the fact that everyone's got matching trainers um <laughs> the, fact, the fact is you know if you're training with other people, you're motivated, you're inspired, you're gonna rock up every morning. I remember teaching six a m classes um and the everyone's there they've all got up at five a m they've all all got down there for six a m and the reason they are there at six a m is number one my amazing tunes and um, <laughs> <laughs> and the highly caffeinated energy, uh, but also mainly because they want to go and see those like-minded people that they trained with, uh, you know, the day or a few days before, and, and they just know that they're going to get so much motivation from those people. They just know that it's going to be so much fun that that's why they're there, and that's why they keep showing up, and that's how you know they keep getting healthier, fitter, and you know, just feeling amazing about themselves yeah and that is what it's all about right
1: yeah and, and like on the on the opposite side of that like when you want to do something less or when you want to get rid of maybe a habit that you're already doing that you um dislike you want to change do the opposite so i don't know if you want to reduce the amount of alcohol that you drink at the weekend And like the social group that you're in sort of um, spend a lot of their time going out and drinking alcohol, then actually maybe changing that group temporarily or, you know, that can, again, just be something that's really helpful. So everything I've said about like introducing a new habit is um, you just do the opposite for removing a habit. So I won't go back through them all. But, yeah, you would you would just do that. Um, And do you know what? The other thing that I just want to mention is. You don't have to do it alone. Like it's taken me years and years and years and lots of reading and lots of studying and having my own coaches to even be able to come be be aware of the things that um I might have needed to work on. Um and so actually just having a having a coach, having someone just to one, hold you accountable, two, to just discuss through you, it's discuss with you like what are your habits, what do you do on a daily basis? All right, let's write these down. Let's talk them through. Let's 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 not just set some goals, but actually put the systems in place. I think that people often get a little bit overwhelmed with the amount of information. So, like everything I've just shared now, um, is a little bit overwhelming at first. So, go really easy on yourself. Just take one thing at a time, and and if necessary, then then get the support that you need, and um, that that will be very 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 helpful
0: completely and you know from coming from my background i'm a personal trainer but what i've realized over the years now is that it's not just about uh about exercise there's so much that comes with that and it comes even before that before you can kind of start putting in you know exercise plans programs in place it's you know nailing these habits it's getting that lifestyle down so that you can have the energy you do have the energy you do have those healthier habits to be able to, you know, get you through a workout or even get you to the gym, get the trainers on, get to the gym. And that's all mindset. And so that's, you know, that's our biggest, can be our biggest hurdle. So, yes, completely agree with Celeste. There's a big fan of getting a coach, getting a mentor, sitting down with somebody that can help you work through all of those steps and stages to get you to that place that you really, really, you know, want to be at. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you, yeah. darling. That was um that was Welcome amazing. To. Thank you so much. Um, I tell you what, we've gone through most of the questions. I feel like we've covered everything now. Um, yeah. I always like to give you the opportunity if there's anything else um, you would like to, any other information you'd like to give us or anything that you feel might have been left out that would be important for our listeners.
1: Um I just want to reiterate the part about like not feeling overwhelmed about wanting to change um, or make um, make some decisions that are going to impact your your overall health. I think sometimes when we're making these changes, like people worry that, oh, yeah, but it's it's selfish that I'm making a decision. Just remember that that you make decisions that align with your values, align with your with your desired lifestyle. and really you do have to sort of look inwards and recognize what it is that you're currently doing. That's not lining up or the current things that you are doing that, that, you know, are aligning with, with the person that you want to be and and um, how you want to yeah live your life. And then other than that, it's really just one, one at a time. I wouldn't try to be implementing 10 different habit um, changes at once. Just, just choose one thing and be really proud of yourself that you're implementing that. And just coming back to the back to the quote, you know, it only is a habit when the choice behavior that you have initially becomes a nearly unconscious pattern. So keep going back to that and wait until you're at that point before then you start bringing in more and more and more things that you might want to change. Um, and also recognize that you don't have to change anything. Just give yourself a pat on the back for the habits that you already have.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah. Maybe you're just yeah walking along like absolutely you know happy well all of those things. So as, I mean as long as you're just inside yourself, you're happy and you're kind of being the best version of you, you're all good. Yeah, definitely, darling. Thank you so much. Um, it was wonderful to have you on as a guest.
1: Uh, I mean, fun.
0: obviously, yeah, I miss you as my co-host, but yeah, I got so much from that, and I think all listeners will as well. So a big thank you.
1: Yeah, no, you're um, welcome. It's um, yeah, it's really nice to be at the other side. And anyone who hasn't read the book Atomic Habits by James Clear, um, yeah, I'd I'd highly recommend it. Yeah. So yeah, go away and um, do your own reading as well if you want to. Definitely, I feel like, am I going to ask you the question that we always ask at the end of the show? Uh, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I
0: was I'm not sure. you've kind of answered it already, but um, yeah, um. Yeah, is there anything that you wish you were, you knew you when you were young or you were taught at school that you, you know, your kind of younger self, you would like to give them that information that you know now? I probably said that in the wrong way. You know what I mean. This is usually Celeste. Celeste usually asks us <laughs> to do I, I don't think
1: I've done it justice. Oof. What do I know now that I wish I was taught <laughs> at school? I wish that I was... I was taught how to listen better Mm -hmm. um, and the importance of listening and how that can really impact the connections that you build. I think we're often, when we're often listening to other people, we're, we're, instead of listening, we're actually creating a story and already thinking of our response. So really learning how to listen attentively and deeply and recognizing the the significant impact that that can have on on um the i won't say the mental health but yeah the health of the the person who is actually talking and i think it's a really hard thing to to almost um practice especially so for example as a teacher you feel like you should always be giving information and that there shouldn't be as much time to just um leave blank space but yeah practicing those listening schools I have lots of different like games actually that I sometimes use um at school to sort of support young people with that but I certainly wish that that yeah I was better at it sooner and I'm probably still not perfect but <laughs> awareness right I'm yeah. aware awareness.
0: well I talk to you a lot and I think you're a great listener and Celeste that was such a wonderful way to finish this podcast Thank you so much and just to let Thanks. everyone know we will be adding information and links for the books that we've talked about um, throughout the podcast and um, as ever really 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 important um, me and celeste are always here for any questions if anyone has any questions about this podcast or any of the podcasts or you just want to get in touch for a bit of a chat or you know some help somewhere along the way um, we're always kind of contactable on Instagram. Uh, We're going to pop our emails onto onto there as well. And we're currently working on uh, a website. So we've got lots of exciting stuff going on. And we're going to get our contact details over. So we'll be really, really, really easy to find and get in touch with. Thank you all very much. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and we will see you next time. Thank you, Celeste.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks very much. I'll be back. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.